Welcome to the Gift of Gab. I'm your host, Gabby Grahek. And on today's episode, I am going to be answering some questions that were posed by students from my alma mater. So every semester for the last couple years that I can remember, I speak to the students at UW-Eau Claire, which is where I got my undergrad, and I visit their communications classes, and I I usually talk about my career journey, Um, I talk about social media as a profession, and I answer questions for the current students, but future communicators and marketers of the world. I love going and educating. I was almost a teacher. It was the first thing I declared when I started at Eau Claire, um, but wasn't the last. I ended up with a PR degree, although I haven't practiced traditional PR a day in my life. (laughs) So you never know where you're going to land. But this semester was really special. It was the first time I was able to go to campus. So visiting campus, seeing all the updates, being in the classroom with students in a classroom that I remember sitting in myself, so feeling nostalgic (laughs) about all that. And prior to that chat, the class had submitted questions for me and my fellow speaker who who had gone and visited the class with me that day. So they got to hear these answers in real time and answer follow-up questions. And I'm an open book, so if in the middle of hearing a question or or hearing an answer to a question, you would like to hear an expansion or you want more resources about it, I am always available and open to that. But we are just going to dive right in, um, just so you know how long to buckle up for here. There's only three questions we're going to be covering today. So the first question is, how did you get started in social media and what have been the biggest changes throughout your career? I think that... People my age got into social media on accident, and I'm 34. I said that on my first episode of this podcast, so it's not it's not a secret. It's very Googleable. I own my age. I'm an elder millennial. I got into social media kind of on accident, or at least I started building experience on accident. And I remember specifically the reason I even signed up for a Twitter account was for a class at UW-Eau Claire. And it was a journalism class and I had to tweet quotes from an event and then I had to, after that event, after live reporting um, from it uh, via Twitter, I had to go write a news story and submit it before midnight. So that was one of our final culminating projects. And that was the reason I had Twitter. I had Facebook for my freshman year. I must have taken that class my sophomore year. But Facebook, the year I started college, had just been opened up beyond colleges, so everybody could have a Facebook. But in my career, I didn't have a social media title until my third job in my career, although I'd done social media prior. So my first job out of college was being the entire marketing department for a municipal engineering firm in Menominee, Wisconsin. And the company at the time was only 70 people. So I was the marketing department. I was, I created, oh my gosh, I did everything. I <laughs> I worked on revamping their website. I got social media handles for them. I responded to requests for proposals. So I was a technical writer. 
I, uh, me, I was kind of administrative also when it came to events. I made restaurant reservations for clients. So there was a lot that fell in my bucket. But after doing that for a while, I moved on. I moved back to Minnesota and I started working for U.S. Bank. In my first role with U.S. Bank, I had multiple, but I was on their user experience team as a content strategist. And this was a pretty junior role, but I got insight into writing for a web in a lot of different ways. So writing for a web that was public, writing for a web that was customer-based, customer-focused. So think like once you log into your bank account, that's a different language. I mean, same kind of voice and tone, but still it's a different experience. So different writing and also for mobile apps. I got experience writing for blog there too. So gosh, Gabby, get to the social media piece. Okay, fine, I will. After that position, I moved within US Bank to a social media analytics team. And this was the biggest social media team I still to date have heard of. Until, Until the Washington Post announced that they had some astronomical amount of people working only on their Instagram, had I heard of a social media team this big that was in a corporate corporate structure. So I didn't write the content for social, but I did partner with the people who owned the channels and wrote the content. And I worked mostly from a listening and analytics and trend spotting role, primarily in reviews and testimonials. So anywhere where you could leave a star rating and a comment for a product or a service or an experience, that all fell into my bucket. And I would take those big, messy data sets, put them in neat packages, and then deliver them and the findings, like the the things we were doing well, and then also the opportunities for improvement to different stakeholders around the company. That position was eliminated after I was in it for just about, I want to say three, three and a half years, my first layoff. And after a couple of months, I was hired at, at my last employer where I was the one social media person, the one, the one, the one team member to rule them all. That was me. So I was kind of called that my Goldilocks position because I got to see everything from ideation to execution, but there's pros and cons with everything. Like I loved the ownership of loving all that kind con- of love, loving all the content of owning all the content <laughs> and kind of the glory that came with that. But I couldn't be everything everywhere all at once. And there really is something to be said about having team members that you can collaborate with and bounce ideas off of. And also to free up your brain space so you can think a little more strategically. I mean, that was in my title, social media strategist. But really, I was a channel manager for a lot of when you when you looked at what I actually executed within the role, I would say strategy wasn't a big part of it until we expanded the team. I mean, gosh, I sure tried. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit there. We do our best. So my road to social media was not linear. I dabbled and then I jumped all the way in. But it's always been present. There's always been themes or I've always been building transferable skills for social. The biggest changes within social throughout that is the amount that it's been included in my positions and my responsibility bucket, what it says in my work contract that I'm going to do as an employee of that company. And as social grew as part of my responsibilities and became either peripheral or moved from peripheral rather into the front focus, the main focus of my job, I realized I really needed to build boundaries. And in my career, I'd had to build boundaries, but they were um, around time management 
And with social media, I had to build boundaries that included time management, but also included technology. I had to build some technological boundaries for mental health because this week is a great exhibit of what a a terrible week in the news can be and what it looks like. And when we think about wellness and health and wellness, sometimes you think about diet and what you consume for food, but you can also think about your mental diet and what you're consuming, right? Consumption isn't just food when it comes to wellness and consuming all that bad can take a toll on any human, especially with some of the horrific headlines and, and videos and images that are that are circling right now. So setting those boundaries, knowing when I can say no, and knowing when to push back because someone's shiny syndrome moment of having an idea doesn't fit a company or brand social media strategy. We appreciate enthusiasm, but you get where I'm going with that. Moving into the second question from the Blue Gold class, they wanted to know, What do you find most exciting and most challenging about social media? I think that the answer is the same for both. And I would say it's the pace of the industry. It's exciting that there's going to be something new tomorrow, some trend you didn't see, some idea you hadn't thought of from some brilliant marketer, some new functionality that can springboard content into the highest part of the atmosphere. But that's also what's challenging about it is keeping up with the trending topics that fade sometimes faster than they show up. Keeping up with the functionality updates, being able to take in all that information and then make great recommendations to your team members or your senior leaders and decision makers. It's a lot of responsibility and it's hard to know everything all the time. And so one thing that I caution social media professionals with is don't feel like you have to know absolutely every single thing all the time. Like this profession has become so nuanced and so vast that if you want that, then you need to have more brain power because even though there's more to know, it doesn't mean you have more space in your brain to do all the things you're already doing in the day and keep yourself consistently educated. So if you can't build a team to help you with your brain power that you can bring to your company, then make sure you can tap into some really great resources for learning. I have some go-tos. I'm going to link them in the description of this episode. My recommendation is check them out, bookmark them, show them some love. They're going to be immensely helpful for you being able to keep everything straight when it comes to what's going on on these platforms that seem to change daily. Lastly, the students had asked, what's some advice for students who are interested in social media work And how can they best support those who are doing the work? Twofold here, um, or two answers rather. So the first one is for students who are interested in social media work, you're a student now and you might be thinking, yes, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not going to be a student for long. 
this is going to end. I'm going to get the degree. I'm going to get the piece of paper that says that I paid to learn some stuff. I'm going to go off. I'm going to ride off into the sunset. I'm going to get a job and a 401k and a golden retriever. And my life is going to be perfect. But I'm going to tell you something. When you work in social media, the learning never ends. And I've said on previous episodes, the best social practitioners are ferociously curious and you want to keep learning. You're open-minded. You need to be ready to adapt and pivot. You are a digital chameleon when it comes to social media. So advice to you specifically is knowing your learning isn't going to stop and to continue to be proactive with your learning. While you're being proactive with your learning, be picky about your learning because there are a lot of different entities out there claiming they can certify you in something or give you a badge in something with varying levels of credibility of what those actually mean. So do your research about the educational entities that are offering courses to keep you being your best. But formal learning isn't the only way to learn. Additional learning is just sometimes participating on the platforms. There's a spectrum of learning that can happen with the common theme that learning can't stop because if you stop learning, you are going to automatically outdate yourself. This was a two-pronged question. The second prong being, how can students support those who are doing the work in social media? So if you're a communication student or a marketing student and you collaborate with social media teams and you want to support their work, give them engagement. Like the page, comment on the post, share the articles. You don't have a limit on how much engagement you can throw around. I just think it's so interesting when people follow, but they don't engage. In fact, I talked about this on a prior episode with Chelsea, aka Hungry Girl Minneapolis, who is a food, an influencer, and she talks about food and drinks and travel. And she called them ghost followers. So people who follow, but they never engage with her content. And it's like, why are you here? You're just here to keep tabs on me? I mean, I'm out here doing the thing. So Same for brands when you're thinking about people. Maybe it's a friend you know who has a small business. Maybe it's a a current student peer or a colleague at work who's doing the posts. You are doing them favors by helping their engagement. It is not cheating. It helps. Causes a ripple effect in social circles, triggers the algorithm, and gets new people in networks who might not have seen that content to have the opportunity to engage with it, helping your peer or colleague. Throw them a like, throw them a bone, throw them a like. That's all I'm saying. There's no limits. So this was a quickie. Um, I'll be completely candid. My my brain space and my heart space have just been completely depleted this week. And I did a post to my LinkedIn Yesterday, a video talking about social media professionals and protecting your mental health in honor of of World Mental Health Day or, or Global Mental Health Day. Mental health matters every day, but this week it feels extra heavy and it's hard to continue doing the work. I mean, it's hard. This, this week just feels extra heavy. 
So acknowledging that there's more to the social media profession than just clicking buttons and creating posts and being on top of funny memes. There's a lot of that consumption that I talked about earlier that's happening for these folks. And so acknowledging that that takes a toll um, and accelerates burnout for these folks. So that's another thing you can do for someone who's doing the work, supporting them. Just check on them. Just say, hey, mental health check. How are you doing? Or ask them directly, how can I best support you right now? I don't think that's something we do often enough. So so yeah, this was this is a quickie. Um, I hope this was insightful. And let me know what else bubbles up, what other curiosities you have, or or what other questions were inspired during this this brief conversation. Sending just warmth and love and empathy to everybody going through it right now. This is a really hard week for humanity as a whole. And I just know we can be better. So I hope there's good news ahead after this bad news. So everyone, take care of yourselves, thinking of you. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.